0: Welcome to the seeing red podcast welcome to another edition of the seeing red podcast my name is troy moriello and i am your host bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things st john's basketball and on this episode we are going to preview the big east tournament the Red Storm closed out their regular season with an incredible come-from-behind victory over Seton Hall, 81 to 71, where they outscore the Hall by 20 in the second half, score 53 points in the second half, and rally from an 18 to nothing deficit to start the game. The Red Storm close out the regular season 16 and 10 overall. and in the conference. They are a top four seed in the Big East. They are the fourth seed in the Big East. Their highest uh, seed in the Big East tournaments is, I believe, 2015. Their first uh, year with a winning record in the Big East since 2015 as well. So all in all, an incredibly successful season already for the Red Storm. But now you go into the Big East tournament with the hopes of cutting down the nets on Saturday. And I think... You know this is really the first year that you can reasonably say that since probably 2014 or 15 where you can say you have a legitimate shot and even in those years i don't know if it was as strong as it is this might be their best shot in a long long time to you know win this whole tournament or at least make a run in this tournament to the semis or the finals on uh, on saturday I mean, even if you look at the 2019 team, that team sure had the talent and ended up being an NCAA tournament team, but was a seven seed in, in the uh, in the Big East tournament and needed to win four games in four days and obviously was not going to do that with the way that they were playing. So this is their shot here. And it's it's a question of will they pull it off? And and frankly, if you can get one win in the Big East tournament, I think that you have a shot, an argument at least for an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament with just one win. I think if you win two and if that second win comes over Villanova on Friday night in the Big East semis and you're in the Big East title game, I think that you're in the Big East. Or I think that you're in the NCAA tournament. Regardless, I think with that resume, with a, what an 18 and 11 overall record and basically 12 conference wins at that point, even in a down year in the Big East, I think that you would be a lock for the NCAA tournament. So it's all out there in front for the Red Storm. But what a close to the regular season for St. John's closing out with two wins without Posh Alexander, uh, two games where you fell behind early, where you were down double digits at halftime, and uh, two second halves where you outscore your opponent by 25 in one and then 20 in the other. Um, you can't say enough about the job that Mike Anderson has done already this season. And we're going to talk with Tom McAllister in a little bit about this, but you know, you're know, you kind of walking a fine line as a fan, right? Because you feel happy about obviously how this season has gone being a top four seed in the big East. When you were picked to finish ninth in the preseason by the coaches, you've seen development from virtually the entire roster. You've seen all of the freshmen and newcomers come in and step up uh, big for you. You've got, a big East player of the year candidate in Julian Champagny. You've got the guy who will win the big East freshman of the year in Posh Alexander. As we saw on Sunday, you've got a big East, uh, all first team player in Julian Champagny as well. You've got the big East coach of the year. What I think in Mike Anderson in a runaway vote. So you've seen this improvement. You've, you've so over exceeded expectations. It's, it's insane this season. Yet you still want a little bit more as a fan. You know, you you still think this is our year right here to, 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 to make some noise in the Big East and to make an NCAA tournament. And for a program like St. John's, that doesn't happen all that much. Maybe it will in the future. And I think that we're trending towards with Mike Anderson, this happening more and more and this being more of a consistent thing. But as a member of this fan base, you, you, you are greedy now and you want to say, hey, let's win two games in the Big East tournament. Let's make the NCAA tournament and let's make this a really, really special season. Because already, like I said, you know, you've, you've already met or far exceeded expectations for this season. But now there's a chance to really turn this into a really memorable season on almost a national level. You know, you know, where where guys nationally are talking about St. John's, and not just the fans, and not just the reporters who cover them. You know, day in and day out, you've got a chance to do that. It's really all right there in front of you. You have to beat a Seton Hall team that you've already beaten. You just you just spotted them 18 points without Posh Alexander, and you came back and beat them rather handily. So. It's it's truly all right there in front of you to win that game and then take on Villanova on uh, on Friday night if or you would assume and another team that you've already beaten without Colin Gillespie without Justin Moore a beatable Villanova team so you want to be greedy as a fan and you want to say hey you know let's play UConn or Creighton in the Big East final you know basically with house money at that point because I think you'd already be in the tournament at that point and and you know let's let's try to win a Big East title this year. I think that they're one of the teams that has a legitimate shot in a wide-open Big East. So as a fan, you're certainly excited about this season. You really could not be more happy with how they've played now for the past you know month and a half, I would say. You can't be more happy with how they've responded in the last week without Posh Alexander winning these two games. You can't be more happy with how they've responded to adversity in both of those games, trailing big at the half. But now you want a little bit more. Now you want to see, can they make some noise in the Big East tournament? Can they make the NCAA tournament? It's really all right out there in front of them for the taking. You want to be greedy as a fan, and and this is it right now. They've done everything you've asked. Can they win you know two or three more games and uh, really make this a special season but we're going to get into some Big East tournament talk right now we're going to do it with Tom McAllister we've had him on I believe one other time this season Tom does a great job covering the Big East so we're going to chat a little bit about St. John's and the Big East tournament hope you guys enjoy all right I'm now joined. By Tom McAllister. He is at defense underscore com on Twitter. We've had him on to break down some games before. We know that he has a lot of knowledge on the Big East as a whole, so we're gonna bring him on to talk a little St. John's and the Big East tournament. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm
1: doing well, Troy. I'm doing well. Hopefully you're doing well today too.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely, you know, as a St. Johns fan, feeling well. Feeling feeling, you know, pumped up going into the Big East tournament for, you know, the first time in a while with I think legitimate, you know, thoughts that we can win this thing. Um, we'll start there. I mean, the recent run of play. I thought that this season for St. John's could have taken a turn for the worse, following the DePaul and Villanova losses, and then obviously losing Posh Alexander to rebound and you know play in the way that they did in the second half against Providence on Wednesday night and then Seton Hall on Saturday. I mean, to you, just what does that say about this team?
1: Well, I, I think a big thing to take away, since you mentioned the Providence game, is St. John's out-rebounded Providence by 10. Mm-hmm. That has not happened in a while. Because usually Providence comes in, they're big, they're physical, they beat up St. John's. And, you know, not only did they pro- did St. John's beat Providence, they swept Providence this year, mm-hmm. and without Posh Alexander. So I think that's one positive takeaway, too. And also with Seton Hall, too, they actually ended up beating Seton Hall on the boards again. Yep. Uh, yesterday too mm-hmm. which I think is the one key step people aren't talking about mm-hmm. because the advantage of, you know, a lot of people talk about the fast-paced 40 minutes of hell style of defense and offense, if you're also not only getting steals, but if you're getting quick rebounds and running in transition that's another way to help your offense and man, did it come alive uh, yesterday in the second half when St. John's started getting those stops and running down the floor it was like a totally different team the last two games and I think it means so much not only getting those wins but getting those wins without Posh Alexander
0: yeah exactly and let's let's talk about that a little bit too it's it's kind of interesting to me you know the two games without Posh obviously they kind of played out in the same way right like like fell behind bigger or earlier you know going into the break and then obviously a huge second half you know power St. John's to a win but the first game You know, we saw Rashim done with obviously 18 points in the second half, finished with 21 for the game. Greg Williams goes off for 15 points. The Seton Hall game, though, felt like it was more just like a team effort. You know, obviously Julian got his. Greg had 11 points. uh, Dylan Adaiwusu had 14. Marcellus Erlington had 12 and hit a couple of big threes. To me, like, obviously losing Posh stinks, and you hope that he's back for the Big East tournament, but it just shows the depth that this team has that, they were able to overcome that deficit against Seton Hall, and it wasn't just really one guy. It was four, five, six different guys making big plays in that game.
1: Yeah, you know, I totally agree. And depth is such a nice thing where, you know, you're not relying on the same three or four guys to step up. You had multiple guys step up. You had Rasheem Dunn and Greg Williams step up in the second half against Providence in this past week and the, the game against Seton Hall and Marcellus Arlington. And Arlington. He's always taking good shots. Mm -hmm. He can get offensive rebounds. He can get some threes. And also, he did a good job on getting some key defensive rebounds yesterday, too. But he hit some clutch shots. It almost looked like that one he had against Georgetown in the Big East tournament when he's going out and hitting threes. And when you get a 6'6 guy who's able to get defensive rebounds, and take a six foot ten, six foot eleven guy out to the three point line and hit those threes. That gives St. John's such a different uh, dynamic that's mm-hmm. so difficult to match up on. That's why uh, Dan Hurley kept de- uh, Sinogo on the bench. Yeah. the six foot ten, two hundred fifty pound monster. He is <laughs> um, because he they couldn't match up with Wusu and Erlington. Wusu is just, you know, he, he's someone who I think he's. He's developed very nicely. Yeah. I think he could be an impactful player going forward. He does a little bit of everything, and he's not afraid to take it to anyone. He was taking it to the seven footers yesterday, and you got to love that fearlessness. And, he's, and with Wusu, he's not afraid to take the big shot. You know, he hit a big shot against Marquette and yeah. mm-hmm. a big shot against Butler, which you know could have been another game winner on the road. So you got to love that, especially in a freshman
0: too. Yeah, and and maybe transitioning a little bit towards Biggie's tournament talk now. It feels so weird, you know, you just mentioned four or five different guys there. It feels so weird to have depth going into the Big East tournament. I mean, you know, you look back at, at the 2015 tournament team, you know, they started, what, five guys and really only played a rotation of six or seven. You know, the, the last tournament team in 2019, uh, Pons' year really, again, had a five, six, seven guy rotation. This team, as you just mentioned, you know, Isaiah Moore, Marcellus Erlington, Josh Roberts, Adai Wusu, and then obviously Julian, you know, Vince Col- Greg Williams or Dunn has, you know, eight, nine, even ten options on offense, which I think you know lends itself to being an advantage when you're going to possibly be playing, you know, two games in two game two days or three games in three days. I think that depth is really going to come in big, especially for the style that they play uh, in the Big East tournament next week.
1: Yeah, and, and you know and, and also there's one player who he kinda left out and that was uh McGriff.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because
1: mm-hmm. he's coming kind of in and he, he's kind of playing the role, he's taking passes role defensively where he's just going to get up guard the defending the opposition's point guard 94 feet you know and when he's a point guard he's going to look to get other people involved which I think is such a nice thing where St. John's can still play the same style even when Posh is out and it feels like they got that lift because I really think the biggest difference uh, from what I saw in the Seton Hall game was just the energy level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When St. John's started playing with energy, you know, Josh Roberts, when he's going there and Josh Roberts is, you know, blocking shots, so that, that unleashes another level of St. John's that makes it so much tough uh, to match
0: up with. Yeah, and I love that you brought up McGriff, too. That's kind of the other side of losing Posh Alexander, I feel like, is getting a guy like McGriff who had what, I think um, eight straight, yeah, eight minutes against Providence and then played 14 minutes uh, on Saturday night against Seton Hall and gave you solid minutes in both of those games. You know, maybe he's another guy now that could step in, you know, whether or not Posh is back, feels like he can play, you know, Big East games because we hadn't really seen him a ton this season. Maybe that's kind of like the other side of losing Posh, you know, as you, you learn something about other guys and even Greg Williams, you know, getting him more minutes and, you know, more important minutes. I think that that's, you know, one of the, the positives, I guess you could say, of not having Posh these last two games.
1: Yeah, it has, too. So I think Greg Williams, you know, he's kind of battled injuries a little bit the last two years, but he stepped up yeah. when mm-hmm. Posh has been out. And the one thing you got to love about Greg Williams' game is you have to defend him at the three point line. Yeah. He can take guys off the dribble, force at the rim. He can move a little bit without the ball. And also, he can defend.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, which is something you really need where it's like, okay. Do I give him the three points? Do I give him the jump shot? I and mean, he's also very efficient. Yeah, that's something else to look at too. I think he had, you know, looking at the score. You know, you you mentioned yesterday he had 11 points on six
0: shots. Yeah, mm-hmm. you,
1: you really can't be angry about that. Along with five rebounds and five assists, five assists too, which, which I think is such a key thing. And Williams too, you know, he was kind of that key guy towards the beginning of the Big East season, then Posh went on this run. Mm-hmm. But you know, it just shows you, too, if this team gets clicking on all cylinders, they, they can make
0: a run. And let's let's look at that now, obviously. This this Big East tournament coming up for St. John's, it starts on Thursday, uh, gets underway on Wednesday for, every, for the other teams. Um, to me, I mean... You couldn't ask, I think, for a better draw if you were trying to make the Big East, or if you were trying to make the NCAA tournament and you know impress uh, the selection committee. You know you get another game against Seton Hall. Frankly, I honestly would have rather played Xavier just because it's tough to beat a team two times in five days. But still, yep. you get a Seton Hall team who you've just beaten, and then you know in the second round you could be or in the semifinals you could be matching up with a Villanova team that is just battered with injuries right now. I mean, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but the path is is certainly there for St. John's to make an appearance in the Big East title game and have a shot at the NCAA tournament. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, Troy, I, I
1: totally agree with you that, you know, I would rather play Xavier just yeah. because we played Seton Hall, uh, St. John's did, so, you know, on Saturday to have a rematch Wednesday yeah. or Thursday. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a tough turnaround. Um, to say the least, and try to get two of those wins, even though they're both been rubber matches. Uh, but also, too, you know, because Villanova has those injuries, you know, if you go, this is a big if. If St. John's wins the game at 3 p.m. on Thursday,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then at 6 p.m. they play Villanova.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, if they're able to get that win against Villanova for the net rankings. It's going to look like Colin Gillespie was on that team. Uh, so I think that's something to take in consideration where St. John's could get those two key wins yeah. that will bring them into the NCAA tournament. And it's also a Troy. I, I want to throw this at you. Mm-hmm. I would rather be a 12 seed this year than an 8 seed because if you're yeah. an 8 seed, you're you're going to face a monster in Gonzaga or Baylor. You can even play you know, Michigan or one of those teams. But if you're a twelve seed, you can maybe sneak into the second weekend, which which St.
0: John's has not done um, in a while. hmm Yeah. No. It's but, it's 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 a great point that you make there. You know, we we I feel like we kind of had that discussion two years ago with this team. You know, where yeah. you'd rather be, yeah, like an eleven, a twelve seed, rather than having to be that eight, nine, where. Your first round game is more winnable, but then obviously you have to play, a, a, like you mentioned, a one scene in the second round. But that's obviously a couple of weeks in, in uh, down the future. Um, do you think, though, I mean, because I've seen, I saw Brandon Tierney obviously say he heard, you know, a win against Seton Hall on Saturday, which they got. And then one win in the Big East tournament, and they have a legitimate Shot at the NCAA tournament, even losing in the semifinals against Villanova. Where do you fall on that? I mean, obviously we have to see how the bubble plays out, but where do you fall on that? Just just getting one win, you know, which would be beating Seton Hall again, and then losing to Villanova in the semifinals. Do you think they'd have a case there, or do they really need to make the Big East final to really have a shot at it?
1: I, I think, you know, if, if they win um, the quarterfinal but lose the semifinal, mm-hmm. they're going to be sweating a little bit. Yeah. Where you're going to have to see how a lot of things... If they make it to, I think, the Big East final and they do beat Villanova, they're they're most likely a lot.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. You
1: know, you know that, that's kind of the way I feel about that part. You know, but it, it's a case of a lot of ifs. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know, because who would have... And it's also, too, if Villanova gets upset earlier... You know, they, you know, they could face Georgetown and Marquette. Marquette all of a sudden, you know, I might have said this before, they're kind of reminding me of the St. John's team from 2018 that lost the first month of the Big East. Mm-hmm. They go out, they beat Duke at the Garden, and yeah. they kind of start plucking some teams off. Mm-hmm. Um, and Georgetown historically has been a tough matchup, even though, you know, I think Patrick Ewing has done a good job coaching that team. And you got uh, Wahab, who's seven-foot matchup problem. You got... Um, I Pickett, Who's a six foot ten yeah. uh, guard forward? Who's a matchup problem? He also got Mosley too. So I, I never thought that series. I'd rather see Villanova <laughs> yeah. uh, because they would be a better matchup for St. John's than Marquette or. Um, Georgetown to say the least so uh, it's funny how college basketball plays out it's like you want to play the best teams so if you do get that win it builds your chances
0: No, yeah, I, I think that's an interesting point too is let's obviously say St. John's mm-hmm. beat Seton Hall if Villanova gets knocked off like you're game in the semifinals against, like you mentioned, Georgetown and Marquette, that's not really gonna help your tournament resume all that much to where then you might just need to win the Big East tournament outright, you know, if if you beat Seton Hall and beat Georgetown or Marquette in the in the semis. I don't know if that necessarily does the job either. So you're right. I I think I would almost rather see Villanova in the semifinals. They're also just a better matchup, I feel like, for St. John's right now. And it's just another opportunity to pick up, you know, a, a quality win that would certainly submit Meant to you in the tournament, whereas you know beating Seton Hall and then beating Georgetown and Marquette, while you're in the Big East final, I don't know if that would a hundred percent get the job done if you were to lose the Big East final. Yeah, you know, I I,
1: I, I totally agree, and you know, I, I got to give Coach Anderson credit. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been some ups and downs, but here we are going from the Big East tournament, talking about uh, St. John's being a bubble team, which this is crazy. a lot of progress. Um, for this team, to say the least, mm-hmm. and you got to give a credit to uh, Coach Anderson, and also, you know, dropping the gun a little bit, they could potentially return every scorer except Dunn.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, so,
1: so, so this could be something looking forward where, all right, you know, we, we could be consistently having these discussions where where, that, where St. John's making a tournament, um, which would be something I think the St. John's fan base would truly enjoy.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's. uh Let's look at you know the tournament as a whole now. Uh, first, I'm going to ask you of the six teams that are playing on Wednesday. So Georgetown, Marquette, Xavier, Butler, and then Providence and DePaul. Uh, give me one team from those six that are playing on Wednesday that you think could make a run. Let's say to you know the the semis on Friday night, or even you know the title game on a on Fri on the Saturday. Is there is there one team that's playing on Wednesday that you think could kind of be a sleeper or no? Uh, I would have to go with Marquette.
1: Um, you, you know what? It looks like Mar- Marquette had they, they had a really bad run for a little bit. Yeah. But I, I think them going down to North Carolina, getting that win kind of right of the ship. Uh, they're playing pretty physical, which is something that um, you haven't seen for a while mm-hmm. um, with Marquette during Wojciechowski's Lod- Lod- time. But and it's also, too, if Marquette gets the win against Georgetown. They they get a shorthanded Villanova team.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: Villanova could be you know primed for an upset because of the injuries to uh, Colin Gillespie um, going forward. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's something to keep an eye on, and 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 also too when they played St. John's I think they they actually when you do the points total St. John's and Marquette are even where St. John's (laughs) won by two and Marquette won by two Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so so that would be something interesting
0: to look at too yeah and I think the winner of that game is is you know has a legitimate shot there. Obviously, you know we don't want to downplay Villanova. They're the number one seed in the in the uh, tournament for a reason. But like you mentioned, they've lost you know two of their best players. Even Georgetown. I mean, what a job Patrick Ewing has done. That team. I, I thought they were going to be the worst team in the conference by far. To even have them in the eight nine game, I think is a, a a pretty big success for them. I could even see Georgetown. You know, if they were able to knock off Marquette, giving Villanova a game in the second round, just because they've played so hard this year and they've upset a few teams in the the, um, you know higher up in the standings as well
1: yeah they they have it's just the one thing too I think Marquette is a a lot is deeper than George
0: yeah very true I
1: think that's something that could show up because you know in Big East tournaments past St. John's they go out they win the they win the I guess the 7-10 or the 8-9 game and then they kind of you know run
0: out of gas in the Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. quarterfinals that's a great point there as well with the depth um the top five seeds, let's say now, you know, Nova, Creighton, UConn, St. John, Seton Hall. Is there a, I mean, I think this this might be the most wide open Big East tournament that we've seen. I mean, Villanova, obviously, I, I think is still a favorite, but I don't even know. We haven't even touched on Creighton with, you know, their off the court issues. Like, is UConn the the favorite here, or is it, like, where do you fall on, you know, if you were betting man, who would you put your money on, you know, of, like, the top three, or would you give it to St. John's? I I think, too,
1: it's funny, you know. A lot of people would probably say it was Nova because they had a convincing win when James Boatnight was at, Mm -hmm. um, when he was, came back to UConn. But, you know, Villanova has two key injuries that hurt, so Creighton, what, they're a team that a lot of people are, you know, I'm wondering about because of off the court issues with comments by Coach McDermott. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you this. It sounds like the players are rallying around each mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. and and, you know, Creighton could come out and all of a sudden, they got a lot of weapons. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think, too, when you really look at it, uh, they get either Butler or Xavier. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think, you know, Creighton matches up well with both of those teams. Um, and then it'll be interesting to see Creighton versus UConn mm-hmm. because, you know, in the game earlier on, I think it was December, both night dropped 40, and UConn couldn't win that game yeah.
0: against Creighton. Mm-hmm. So
1: I think, I think Creighton, you would have to try to keep an eye on, too
0: yeah I think a lot of people are down on Crane just because of that off the court stuff but you're right I mean maybe that could be something that kind of brings their guys together um, St. John's chances in this tournament I mean where do you see them going I mean we know what they need to do to make the NCAA tournament but but where do you see St. John's you know ending up in this tournament do you see them winning it you know getting to Friday night losing their first game where, where do you see St. John's going I could almost see him going everywhere. Yeah, I agree. You know, yeah.
1: I, I can see them losing in a seat in the hall, and I can see them making a run where they're cutting down the nets at the guard.
0: Uh-huh. Be,
1: you know, and, and it's it's a lot of reasons why. It's because you know they they do have something things lined up for them, but I also think it, it will be difficult to beat seat in the hall again five days later. Um, and, and it's also too. A lot of it depends on Villanova. Mm-hmm. Is it's going to be the Villanova that you know gets better? Does RCD um turn into his brother, <laughs> start raining threes from all over, and Stott doesn't miss a free throw? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it's you know, I, I you know, it's something where. You know, I, I'm very even keel with St. John's because I can see it going in so many different directions. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I, I'll just hopefully enjoy enjoy the watch, to say the least.
0: Yeah, and it's 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 crazy to to think with St. John's. You know, we should just be so I think happy with how this season has gone. You know, finishing top four in the Big East, which is which is crazy, but. You also want to be a little bit greedy, I think, and you also want to say, you know, why can't we win the Big East tournament this year if there's ever a year to do it? It's this year. If there's ever a year to make the NCAA tournament, it's this year. You know, it's it's kind of walking a, a fine line, I feel like, between, you know, being content that you've had such an incredible season, you know, by what was expected versus wanting more and being greedy. I, I find that interesting, that that fine line, you know? Well, I, I
1: think, too, it was... Well, I think once you got that win at Villanova, mm-hmm. you know, because they didn't have the non-conference and they were kind of playing well in the middle of February. And I think a key thing, too, is usually, you know, the last, the end of February, early March has not been kind to St. John's, and it it was just so key, and it was such a program winner when they're able to get two conference wins at home against, you know, Providence is a tough matchup with Nate Watson, to say the least, and Steve Hall, which is a bubble team, and, you know, you can also see now, too, Coach Anderson has a win against every Big East program in his second
0: year. Yeah, which which is not something that we saw, that we're used to, I don't think, Um, going forward well i'll say this the the future definitely seems bright and i think that one thing that we can absolutely agree on is is we've seen progress this year i think we've seen pretty much every player i i would say get better from last year to this year every you know freshman has stepped up i i think that the progress has been made this year regardless of what happens in the big east tournament and now you know you see obviously what you can do at madison square garden this week yeah,
1: and, you know, I think people, you know, fans want to end on a positive note. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think this was something they truly expected.
0: Yeah, no. But no. I think
1: everyone is looking forward to this, and it's been such a long time. There's so much pent up, you know, uh, energy where they want to go out and be like, you know, we we, we finally made a run. You know, you know, we're not the doormat
0: anymore. Absolutely, and it's it's going to be a fun couple of days in the garden for sure. Uh, before I let you go, give me give me your pick. Who who are you picking to win the whole thing on uh, on Saturday at the garden? Who's your pick?
1: You no, know, you no, know what I think a lot of people are picking UConn, mm-hmm. but but I, I'm, I'm going to take I'm I, I'm going to go with Creighton.
0: Okay. I, mm-hmm.
1: I, I I just think the team's going to rally around and they're going to be able to you know to pull out the noise and I do think they got a good draw too and it'll be interesting to see what they do with UConn and both but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make the
0: unpopular choice and go with Craig <laughs> alright well, we'll see it's definitely a wide open tournament it's going to be fun it's going to be what four or five days of, of a lot of fun at madison square garden just wish that we could be there in, in person but uh hopefully next year with that tom thank you so much for coming on man you know i always appreciate it awesome job as always and uh we'll we'll, we'll certainly be talking sometime in the off season but thank you for today yes yes thanks for having me on Troy. all right have a good rest of your day you too. all right bye. All right. thank you once again to tom McAllister for coming on And talking Big East tournament and St. John's chances in the Big East tournament, you can follow Tom on Twitter at defense underscore com. That's D-F-E-N-D-S underscore com. He does content, YouTube content for Sports Talk Line, Big East content as well. So definitely uh, check him out if you have not already. Uh, talking a little bit about Big East postseason awards now. Um, recording this on a Sunday afternoon where the Big East just announced their all first team selections, first, second, and uh, all uh, freshman teams as well. I'm not sure when they're going to announce the uh, awards, but I would assume it's going to be either Tuesday or Wednesday, probably Tuesday right before uh, when the tournament gets started. But, you know, looking at St. John's chances in to win some of these awards we'll start with Big East player of the year I think it's a race I would say between Colin Gillespie I mean I mean you could really pick one guy on each of the top five teams in the conference you know to, to say that they are deserving or in the conversation uh, Colin Gillespie on Villanova as I just mentioned Marcus Zagorowski on Creighton James Booknight on uh, UConn Obviously, Julian Champagny on St. John's, and then Sandro Mamou Kalashvely on uh, Seton Hall, who I don't think is a true contender, but seems to always be coming up in the conversation. So those are really the five, I think, who you can make the argument for. Uh, If you want to throw in someone like, you know, Jeremiah Robinson Earl on Villanova as well, sure. But I I think those are really the five. I think Julian Champagne has a legitimate case for it, though. I mean, you look at Villanova, I, I think Gillespie is going to get some votes. I, I, I think the injury, honestly, might help him a little bit in getting some votes. I hate to, to say that. I don't want to sound like I'm you know downplaying his injury, obviously, but I think that will certainly give him some votes. I think Zygorowski I would say is probably the favorite right now. I don't know if Booknight has played enough. I think if Booknight played a full season and was not injured, uh, he would be the the guy who wins this award. But I I just don't think he played enough games to have a legitimate shot. And I don't know if Mamu... Mamu's kind of faded. I feel like these last couple of games, along with Hall fading. So I don't know about him as well. Julian has been the most consistent player in the Big East this season. I think that's an argument. So I don't think he's going to win it but I think he has a legitimate shot at it. And I think he has a legitimate case to be made, obviously leading the conference in scoring, He's been the most consistent player in the conference. If I had a vote, I would give it to him. Obviously I'm incredibly biased and I've seen every you know second that he's played this season, but I, I think he's got a case for it. I think Posh Alexander is the runaway Big East uh, freshman of the year. I don't even, I-, I I mean, I understand Dawson Garcia on Marquette has had a very good season as well. I think that would really be the only two who you would say, I mean, the guy from Xavier has been all right and uh, Harris on Butler too, but it's posh and it's dawson garcia i think posh should win that award you know i think posh has had that award now locked up for the last couple of weeks even missing these last two games i don't think it should hurt him too much i think posh alexander should be the big east uh freshman of the year really no no questions asked there and another award where if mike anderson does not win big east coach of the year they should cancel the award and don't ever give it out again I mean, I don't know what else Mike Anderson would have had to do this year to win that award, to take a team, as we've always have said, have been picked to finish ninth in the conference, finishes fourth in the conference. Uh, Absolutely incredible. I mean, Villanova and Jay Wright, you can give that to that guy every single year, but let's be honest, Villanova, you know, had the most talented roster in the conference, was picked to finish first, finished first. Same thing could be said about Creighton and uh, McDermott over there and Greg McDermott. And obviously the optics of giving McDermott that award at this point of the year probably wouldn't look good for the conference so i don't think mcdermott's gonna win it i think the only other real argument that could be made is well i'll say this georgetown with patrick ewing they've certainly overachieved this season they were they've been a lot better than i thought they would be i don't think that ewing will win the award but i think he's certainly deserves some sort of recognition for the job that he did uh, with Georgetown this season with a roster that I thought was going to be the worst team in the conference by far, you know, to be eighth place and to even be, you know, having a shot at winning or at being a uh, top what six team in the conference at one point and our top five team in the conference and having a bye at one point going into the final day. I think Patrick Ewing has, as somewhat of an argument, although finishing eighth place, you're not going to win that award. I think it's between Mike and it's between Mike and, um, and Danny Hurley at UConn. My argument for Danny Hurley, and I saw someone make this argument on Twitter earlier as well. My argument for, for Mike against Danny Hurley, I should say, you know, Mike has had injuries to Greg Williams. Mike has had injuries to Pasha Alexander and they haven't really impacted his team that much. Like that's where I look at a guy who's a coach of the year material. You know, injuries didn't really seem to derail this team at all. You know, you look at UConn with with James Booknight, their best player, I understand. But when he was out, they were an incredibly average team. You know, they were a not even a bubble team. I think they were out of the tournament, most would say, without Booknight. They were losing games, you know, to, to, to Seton Hall, to St. John's, obviously. They were not a very good team without James Booknight. And then once he came back, obviously they rebounded and, and, and played phenomenal down the stretch. But I don't know if that's coach of the year material for me. To say this guy, all right, when your star player was in, you were incredible, but when he wasn't there, you weren't doing a whole lot, and and you were losing a lot of games, and you were an average game. To me, that's not someone who's a coach of the year. So I think that Mike, runaway Biggie's coach of the year. I think Pasha Alexander will win Biggie's freshman of the year. I think Julian Champagne has a case for Biggie's player of the year, although unfortunately he probably will not get that award, but an absolutely incredible uh, season for St. John's Uh, on an individual level as well to have, you know, three guys uh, in contention, I think for major conference awards for really all three of the major conference awards. It's, it's certainly a big accomplishment and it speaks to the type of season uh, that they had in 2020, 2021. But That will do it for our show today. Thank you again to Tom McAllister for coming on and talking Big East tournament. Uh, I'm not going to be able to do a podcast right after the Seton Hall game, but I will. I might even do a pregame and a postgame for that one because it's the Big East tournament. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, We might do maybe at like 2.30 or 2.40 or something like that, um, do a a pregame to the Big East tournament game, so if you follow me on Twitter, it will be up there, it'll be a live chat, we'll take questions, we'll take comments, you know, the like, we'll do that, and then I should be able to do a postgame for that game uh, as well on Thursday, if they do win, I'll be doing postgames Friday and Saturday, no doubt about it, so hopefully they can win so that we can get some more content out there uh, for the Big East tournament, but for sure, Thursday pregame, I think, and a post-game as well so uh be on the lookout for that if you follow me on twitter at troy Moriello. but thank you all for listening to this big east uh tournament preview show and we'll be back talking to you later this week hopefully uh in the later rounds of the big east tournament but for now let's go johnny